0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It is time for our good friend Tom Korsky, the executive editor of Black Clock's Reporter. To so join us, always look forward to these segments with Tom. With Parliament set to resume, well, tomorrow. The uh, past week plus in Ottawa has not been uneventful, and the coming week will not be uneventful. Mr. Korski, how are you doing?
1: I'm uh, well, uh, Roy. I agree with you. I think it's going to be a box of fireworks. It's going to be pretty hot.
0: What you, what's the one you're looking for most?
1: Well, I have to say, uh, I don't want to talk about money again. Oh, no, go ahead. You know, budget back in uh, March 28th, I think the cabinet really blew it with that budget. Uh, the finance minister, by her own estimate, disregarded her own targets. That was really the moment to start reining in some of this spending and starting to play it a little bit smarter. And they didn't. It was, a, it was a free-for-all budget. And I think all these chickens are starting to come home to roost.
0: Yeah. We've been hearing just really alarming stories from people who are trying to make their lives work and have a history of making their lives work economically, a history of being responsible and responsive, and now they find themselves in very, very difficult straits. And uh, as uh, Darrell Bricker told us from Ipsos a little earlier today, Tom, people are angry, and Darrell used that word several several times. the uh, The Premier of Alberta was very angry at Stephen Guilbeau today. When Premier Smith was on this program, he's had a couple of incidents with money, Mister Guilbeau, over the last few days. One with the Quebec Revenue Agency; they have to have their own. <laughs> And another one with uh, with Ezra Levant, and and you, you ask a very let's do the Levant one first. You ask a very interesting question about how much Canadian taxpayers could be on the hook for. Her.
1: Well, he spent two years in litigation. That's the Department of Justice lawyers. They don't work for free. Two years in litigation. What was the dispute? Uh, the Minister of Environment had blocked Rebel News Network and its uh, publisher Ezra Levant on his Twitter account. And they challenged that legally. Well, then two years after the fact, he agreed to unblock them. In the meantime, two years of litigation. Roy, I, I don't know about you. I heard that lawyers charge by the hour for two years.
0: <laughs> That's been my experience.
1: <laughs> this is the word on the street. Two years of billable hours. So they could have this, this uh, pointless, forgive me, pointless dispute in federal court. And they finally pleaded out. Settle it without a judgment, pay $20,000 in damages. You know who's paying the $20,000 in damages, and you know who covered the lawyers. Roy, we got to look sharper than that, right? This is what I'm talking about when, when we talk about complete lack of control. You are in extraordinary circumstances, so that starts to require some extraordinary talent, and you're not seeing it from guys like Steve Gibo.
0: Yeah, do you think I should... Uh, is this the time for me to mention that Mr. Trudeau's Chief of Staff has blocked me on Twitter?
1: Uh, we've been blocked by, I think, uh, the Minister of Transport. Maybe two of them. I've lost track. <laughs> 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 okay.
0: All right, so we're on the hook for that 20K and the lawyer's fees too, right?
1: Oh, oh heavens yes. Okay. O- only, <laughs> only suckers pay their own legal bills, Roy.
0: Then I've got a big ass on my forehead. Uh, the, he also, Gibault, the, uh, the environment minister who was recruited heavily by the prime minister to become a candidate for the Liberal Party, knowing he would be immediately squired into the cabinet. He has had his problems with Quebec, uh, with the Quebec Revenue Agency. He's been into them for thousands of dollars for a long time and has paid them off finally.
1: Finally settled his tax arrears. He won't discuss this how much did he owe and 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 why, and for how many years. But the implication is, we only know this because it's a statutory requirement to file liabilities when you're a public office holder under the Conflict of Interest Act. It's a legal requirement. You don't have a choice. And Gibo two years ago disclosed that he had a tax debt of over $10,000. Well, he's the victim, Roy. I could just imagine the hectoring that went on. If you owe more than $10,000 on the income he was making as a Greenpeace activist, that means you just weren't filing tax returns. Now, Roy, I've got to tell you, these guys play a little bit rough. I'd tell you my tax story. I'm going to keep it short. I paid my taxes, and I, was, uh, I got a letter from the Canada Revenue Agency just this last spring with tax arrears and penalties, and I called them up. And I said, hey, geniuses, I'm looking at my canceled check that you cashed two weeks before deadline. And they said, oh, we don't like your attitude, Mr. Korski. So I can just imagine the torment that Steve Gibo went through as a cabinet minister, making $287,000 a year with a car and chauffeur, but not paying his taxes, because only little people do that, you know? They used to bounce you out of cabinet for that, right? For less
0: than that.
1: That was in the old days. Yeah.
0: That was in the days where you had to be squeaky clean, or at least clean and not squeaky. And uh, there are lots of adjectival uh, numbers that could be attached to the environment ministry. He's probably blocked me, too. Okay, so Mr. Trudeau has moved to repeal the GST. On new apartment construction, you have that on Black Box Reporter. Going to cost a third of a billion dollars a year, according to the PBO, who's was a regular guest on this program. But that was a promise they made in 2015, the Liberals, which they then shoved aside two years later. But now they're in panic mode, trying desperately to stop the slide. The it's more than a slide; it's it's like a free fall in the polling. So now we're uh, now we're going to cut uh, the the GST. But what's it in reality? What's it going to mean to uh, to uh, people who are looking for rental income? We're hearing a lot of people say not a whole lot.
1: Gabinet was asked that: how many units? How many apartments? How many families? Well, the, the prime minister said it could be millions. Well, may, maybe thousands. He said
0: that's quite a jump, isn't it?
1: That is. There's a few zeros missing. The housing minister said we're not sure. Maybe, could be 100,000 in the greater Toronto area over 10 years, only time will tell. You know their problem with the housing crisis, Roy, uh, and some of their friends, um, uh, forgive me for saying it, even in the media, won't, won't acknowledge this. You can't have a housing crisis in a country with two and a half billion acres without politics, and there was a lot of politics involved in this, and it's not a mystery. You don't have to be Hercule Perot. The CEO of the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation testified in Senate National Finance Committee two years ago. and She said, we want high-density housing, and I mean right downtown. The problem is people who uh, have single-family homes that builders have been building for 50 years in this country because families love it. Everyone likes a yard for the kids to romp around, but the government decided no more. And so the whole emphasis was on high density. CMHC, they had a priceless report in 2020. Why don't people like high density housing? Because the neighbors, I'm quoting, the neighbors complain it will lead to a devaluation of my property. My was actually in air quotes. So it's like you don't even own the property anymore. What's the fetish with high density? Climate change. CEO Romy Bowers is her name. She testified it was absolutely plain. This was all about climate change. All of a sudden, CMHC and the permitting authorities and the zoning commissions at municipalities became climate change freaks, and they weren't going to allow anyone to build the subdivisions that all the homeowners wanted. It's that plain.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, Mr. Poliev, and he said this on this program... He says, if uh, municipalities want to continue to receive money from the federal government subsidies, then they're going to have to issue more building permits, or they'll lose those subsidies. And what's, What was his quote in uh, Black Lux Reporter? Less home building, less money. So he's right. he's, he's building, waiting. More money. He's waiting. He's waiting into this one, both feet and eyes wide open.
1: No, no subsidies under the plan. In fact, it's punitive. If under his, he says he'll introduce the bill tomorrow on the House of Commons, a private member's bill, but it obviously has weight and he says, everyone's talking about housing, let's see the votes. Under his bill, if a municipality does not issue 15%, one 5% more building permits annually for housing, for residential permits, then you start to get deducted on your federal transfers. Even if it goes through provinces, it's that raw. <clears throat> right, we have more land, we have more trees, we have more contractors, we have more people willing to work. C. D. Howe, the guy who invented Canada Mortgage and Housing, said that a shortage is impossible in a capitalist society in a country like Canada. Lucky for him, he didn't live to see 2023.
0: I had a... Owner of an apartment building called from British Columbia today. He's going to have to sell his building, he says, because it's becoming too expensive to run it. Then I had a call from uh, um, a listener in Anthony, in Mississauga, Ontario, and he and his wife are both employed, making good money, and he's not sure what he's going to do because the mortgage's mortgage rates have doubled. And he's living uh, in, in, you know, not, I don't know if it's dire circumstances, but certainly more challenging circumstance. And he's asking, what are, what are we going to do? What are you going to do? And, well, I guess we have the answers. We have the answers from the liberals. We have the answers from the conservatives. Meanwhile, does it serve the needs and the purposes or the needs, really, of the average Canadian? No.
1: No. Right. right. We, we always said. I'm not going to rant. I'm going to keep my voice calm. <laughs> you know, this cabinet is, doesn't really like to run things. People who like to run things, minor hockey club, uh, small business, uh, union local, doesn't matter. They understand what it takes about administration. It's yeah. drudgery. It's really boring. Yes. But it's crucial. And this cabinet is not strong on that. They like sloganeering and they like performative messaging. And this is what we mean when we say the chickens come home to roost, because things change. And if you're not running the shop, this is what happens. So the answer to the apartment building owner or the property owner facing a mortgage note coming up for renewal is, the answer from Ottawa is climate change. They'll give you a speech on climate change. Good night, everybody. That's the message.
0: It is, isn't it? Everything is climate change.
1: With okay. the, with this government,
0: yeah, I'm looking at another story that you had from the 14th of this month. Home prices everywhere are far too high, and the prime minister's responses quote cannot continue to go up. So, so, but you he want did. To keep he, an
1: eye on this. You give us part B of this, please. Oh, you want to keep an eye on this one, Roy? This is this is this is coming out of left field. And this has price controls written all over it. Price controls do not work. I'm happy to explain to anyone how to game that system. But they will, because they have exercised, they have a fetish for control. We, we already discussed at CMHC, was there, all of a sudden they're not in the housing business, they're in the climate change business. And we're keeping an eye on that like a hawk. And in fact, we have another item tomorrow one of CMHC's favorite taxpayer-subsidized advocates, has submitted a report to MPs, and they advocate price controls. They say prices have to stall. So that's going to be their answer to the housing crisis. They're going to go after mother and father's Paid up home equity after 40 years of blood, sweat, and tears for their stucco bungalow. You better believe it. This is the same crowd over at CMHC that talked about a home equity tax only two years ago. I
0: remember that well. Yeah, we talked about it. Tom, the Elections Commissioner, Carolyn Samard, issued her annual report to Parliament. And China was supposed to be in that report, was it not? Because haven't we been going through turmoil in this nation about having a public inquiry on Chinese interference or China's interference in our elections? I heard
1: something something about that on the radio. I got the gist of that uh, for anyone who wasn't living in a cave for the last year. So
0: what happened?
1: (laughs) Well, Commissioner Samard submitted, it's a first annual report. Uh, to Parliament, and she managed to omit the word China. Nowhere in the report does it mention China. And earlier, the Commissioner dismissed 116 complaints of monkey business involving foreign agents from which country? China. Now, they say that they still have ongoing investigations. I, I have to, I, I don't want to be unkind, Roy. The Commissioner of Elections is famously inept, and, and this is not just the current one, the previous one. They are not go-getters, but to do an entire report as commissioner of elections when your job is to police elections to make sure there's no foreign interference and never mention China or the fact that a Chinese spy has already been expelled out of Canada from the Toronto Consulate for monkey business involving elections is... It's breathtaking, really.
0: Yeah, but we do have the industry minister, Francois Philippe Champagne, saying, We're in the big leagues,
1: Mr. Korski. Huge. in In so many ways.
0: Yeah, please tell us. Please tell us what prompted the minister to tell everybody we're in the big leagues.
1: Not in home building, not in tracking down Chinese spies. We are number one in paying subsidies to foreign car makers to build electric batteries. And he had famously, by budget office estimate, signed contracts for twenty eight over twenty eight billion dollars in subsidies for a Volkswagen and uh, two Stellantis battery factories, all in Ontario. Over $28.2 billion. How much is that, Roy? That's more than double the entire production annually of the entire Canadian auto industry. And that is six times the federal subsidies for every corporation of every kind in every province in our country. You can't get any bigger than that. That is big.